Hey friend, welcome to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast, where we are all about taking inspired action towards showing up as the most confident and authentic version of ourselves. My name is Jess Bergio, and I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur dedicated to sharing the behind the scenes of how others created a life and business of their dreams. Each week, you can count on multiple episodes bringing you an inside look at how you too can create the life and business of your dreams. Life and business isn't meant to be done alone. Join the Beauty Inspires Beauty community where we connect each week to share our goals, dreams, and aspirations every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Welcome back to the show. It's your girl, Jess Bergio. I'm joined with one of my dearest friends, Regina Lawrence. Hi, friend. Hi, Will. <laughs> we have been talking about doing uh, joint podcast episodes for way too long now, and we just decided to press record since I'm in town. We are in Arizona and I'm in town for an event and Regina has a podcast also, and she is a soul business breath, all the things coach, amazing human. Thanks. Literally all the things (laughs) she is. uh, She is a dear friend of mine. And we have been chatting about starting a podcast together or doing a few episodes on both of our podcasts. So Today's topic is one that's come up several times in, in coaching clients I've had, and I know that you've had as well. Mm-hmm. And that is being stuck in dreamer mode. Yeah. It's such an interesting thing. So like, I'm sure that resonates with a lot of you listening stuck in dreamer mode. Like, what does that mean? It can mean I have a million ideas. I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt I have all these lofty goals and dreams, but I'm scared or we got to the meat of it as we were talking about where we wanted to take this episode to really give you some tools to figure out where you're at. Um, and Regina kind of came like she does. She, she came to the realization that a lot of the things that we think about doing or that we want to do maybe don't seem so exciting and sexy for the long term. So we don't lean into that. And like one of the things about being an entrepreneur that is so dreamy is that we get to dream about what we want to do, right? Like a lot of us have had more traditional jobs or businesses of some sort. Even you, you have been an entrepreneur, but it's also been in like a more traditional sense. Totally. Um, I was in a very traditional way of working and existing as a lawyer. And so that's one of the sexy things about being an entrepreneur is you get to like dream and create. But I think like sometimes we swing the pendulum so far in another direction that we kind of get lost Mm. in the dreamer. And we also live in a world of social media. So we see all of these people creating false realities online. And they're like, I, and I, and I'm saying this too, because like I'm on TikTok a lot and like I'm inundated with like all the ways that people say they're making money. And like, sure, that's, that sounds great. But like, not everyone can do that. So like we need to root our dreams in some version of reality because we're doing this as a job, not a hobby. And we actually need to make money. Well, way <laughs> to just take the wind out of my sails. <laughs> I can't just have a hobby that I happen to make a lot of money at. Because I think the underlying thing that I hear in the coaching calls too is like, I want to work less and make more money. And I'm like, okay. I literally, that is actually the thing that I hate the most. Stop living under a delusional reality that you think you are going to work less and make more money. You are going to work so much more. I'm like, say that again for the people in the back. And that's the thing about like entrepreneurship that I've learned. And I'm just, I'm not going to 
I'm not throwing my boyfriend under the bus, but I'm going to use him as an example um, of someone who's worked in corporate, like tried and true, put the time in, grown up the ladder, like done all the things and watching what goes on in corporate. It's so structured and so rigid in a sense that it seems like there isn't enough room in there to dream. But what I've watched him and people like him in corporate do is they've been able to create a path of repetition in what they do because they can only stay in that box and do that thing. Mm -hmm. And so they get really good at it. So then it becomes easy and it becomes like a no brainer almost, if you will, like some days might be challenging, but most of the time he's just like winging it and doing the thing and making a shit ton of money and has all these benefits and like paid days off and everything's like between nine and five. And you know, it's like someone emails him in the morning. He's like, who's fucking texting me at 6am. And I'm like, in my world, like that's all the time, all the time. But that's like, that's a great lesson from people that work in corporate. And like, like I talked to different people that have had corporate jobs before, or like, you know, my best friend Kiki was a PA and worked in a medical office. There are certain structures and systems you learn from working in an environment like that. And if you can take, even if you've never done that, if you can figure out how to take pieces of that and put it into your own life, it makes you a better business owner. I've only been in business as an entrepreneur for three years, full time. That's it. Only three years, yeah. but nobody can compare their story to my story because of my background, right? Because I worked in structure and in systems and in a way, but I've been able to take those pieces and apply them to being an entrepreneur in a service-based business, which entrepreneurship is generally you're providing some sort of service, whether it's a product that you're serving to the public or like an actual service of coaching or, um, you know, so you run a social media agency. Mm -hmm. So you're providing a service to people. And I think when there's a hierarchy, when you come from corporate or you come from source some sort of structure where somebody was in charge and then there was somebody else. And then like, like for me, I was an assistant when I first started. So I was like the bottom of the totem pole. So scrubbing toilets, washing color bowls, you know, being told what to do, when to be there, how to dress, what to say, how to look like all the things I learned, you know, there is systems to things. I didn't know that was the term to it before. Yeah. It was just like, these were the rules, but now we have terminology that's like systems and structures and you can automate things because back in my day, when you went to beauty school, even now, no business fundamentals were provided. No. And that's why the mastermind was such a, I have to do this because, you know, Chris Harder, one of our mentors referred to this foundational business mastermind as for, uh, accidental entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, that's me. And that's pretty much everybody in my industry. Yeah. Because if you just decided to go do a, a trade school, like doing hair, lashes, massage, whatever it might be coaching, even, you know, you didn't probably get any foundational skills in business like you did with corporate yeah. to be able to apply those to creating your own schedule and numbers and all of this stuff. Like you just started and you just hoped you could get some clients and then you hoped you could make some money. And then you hoped you out earned you're spending, you know? Yeah. And it was this vicious game of make money, spend money, make money, spend money. Mm -hmm. And in my industry, like, it feels like there's all of these levels that you need to get to. And then when you get to a certain space, it's like, then open your own place. And then you need to become a salon owner. Well, where along your journey, did you learn to be a salon owner? Right. You didn't, and manage you other people yeah. and, and help them with their livelihood. If you didn't, you had to wing it and figure it out. And that's why I'm so passionate about talking about entrepreneurship now and building a personal brand and just learning those basic fundamentals of business that we weren't taught. But also if you were, I would imagine to even go to college right now to learn business, they wouldn't 
teach you the things that we are seeing going on on social media. Like these are all things that we've learned from inside sources or yeah, from trial and error, trial and error, doing research, being in masterminds, being scrappy, like everything I've learned as an agency owner, I have figured out every single thing. Cause I have done every single thing in my agency myself. Right. Done it all. Right. So no, no one's going to teach you how to do it. And I think going back to the original thing we said about being a dreamer and how like you and I are constantly meeting people who have these big dreams and they're like, well, how can I make this a reality? How can I make money out of this? You have to, they have to take a moment. First of all, you have to have a mentor. If you don't have a mentor to help you sort through your dreams, you get so distracted and you often, and I say you, cause I have done this, like we'll focus on the wrong thing. Right. Or we'll put energy into things that like, like I started a business and I'm putting all my energy into a website. Why are you putting all your energy into to a website? You don't even have clients yet. Right. You know, and you're, you're not even sure who your ideal client is. So how do you write the copy for the website to speak to that person? Cause you haven't even figured out what the fuck you're doing yet. Totally. I think like you need to first find a mentor in your industry that can help you do the thing you want to do. Um, I think you also like, as you're sorting through your dreams, is there even a market for your dreams? And like, no, there doesn't always have to be a perfect market for your dreams. But like, if people don't want to buy the shit you're selling, like your dreams are never going to become a reality and you might need to course correct. They won't be a profitable reality. They'll be a really fun hobby that you could talk about. Mm -hmm. And maybe what your dream is could be part of your brand pillars and that thing that people know you for, but it's not what they buy from you. No. Right. Like you're a breathwork master facilitator, but you also talk a lot about personal branding and business and structure and systems and social media. And it's like, what does that have to do with becoming a breathwork facilitator? Well, it has to do with all the things, Yeah, you know, once somebody realizes they want to become a breathwork facilitator, then they need to know how to structure that business. Mm -hmm. And so you saw a need that needed to be filled because it was something you were creating for yourself that you were like, wait, who can I go to, to teach me how to create this online business? for breath work. Well, fuck, I'll figure it out. Google's your best friend. Mm -hmm. And you're the most resourceful person I know. Like you literally can figure anything out. She can, if you have questions. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's great. Like, and that's one of the other things about putting yourself in a room with other people who think differently and are in different industries than you, like Regina and I would have never met because she's not in the beauty industry. So by the fact, and she would have never met me. And so, and I think I give a nice different perspective totally. to, um, like she called me the, you know, a, a roundabout entrepreneur in a way, my whole career, I never thought of myself as that until more recently, probably in the last like several years. And it's been 22 years I've been doing this. So it's, it's, it helps when you have other people who are chasing their goals and dreams, investing at a level that gets them out of dreamer mode and into doer mode, mm -hmm. because we're both like, Hey, that's a great idea, but you know, maybe you should start here. And so having friends that are, you know, we don't pay each other necessarily, but we do pay each other with our time. When she yeah. needs to talk something out, there's that time energy exchange, vice versa. And so I think that is just as important. And a lot of times you have to invest to get into the rooms to meet those people who will look at you and say, Hey, you, you're, you're putting some skin in the game too. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're more or less on the same level in that aspect, even though our goals and dreams are totally different for our business. Um, but yeah, back to that dreamer. And I want to make more money doing less. I said to the girl this morning when we were talking, I said, listen, how about you, you work the same and, and maybe make more money doing something different. Or if you want to work a little bit less, you make the same amount of money. It's yeah. not work less, make more necessarily. Like no. unless you've maybe invested on, on a hardcore level, then that's going to pay you back in the back end. But if you're just getting started and you're trying to figure out the thing, 
you know, it's, it's clarifying the emotional connection to why you want to do the thing you want to do. I think if you have clarity in what you're doing and how you're doing it and you have a plan of action and somebody mentoring you and helping you figure out the thing, if you leave your full-time job and you were actually worked on your business nine to five with the right guidance and the right support, you can make it happen. hundred percent. But most people won't do that. Most people won't do it for many reasons. Mm -hmm. And like, that's why I've recently dived headfirst into human design to figure out why am I the most productive procrastinator I've ever met. Like I will do all of the things that are not needle moving actions in my business, but I didn't check off the one or two things on the list that needed to get done. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Why do you do that? So it's been layers of peeling things apart. I think, I think I was one of those people who was afraid of the success and the pressure that would come from actually starting a profitable coaching business. Whereas I think I stayed in the fun, slightly hobby-ish. Whereas like, I, I'll just help people. I just kind of want to put out there that like, yeah, you can, you can hire me. Like I'll help you. But I, it was like very similar to doing hair. There was that emotional discount. I felt like I wanted to give people because I'm like, but they need the help. And you know, I have the time I can just help them, but I'm like, how are you going to create a business out of this? If you're not getting paid for it. Right. And that's only going to last so long. It's only going to be so fun to give your time to random people. And then it's going to get to a point where you become resentful and that's where burnout comes from. And that's, what's happened to a lot of people in my industry where they've emotionally discounted for so long that the energy exchange doesn't feel right at the end of the day. They look at their totals and they're like, I just worked my ass off and this is all I'm making. Mm -hmm. What's next Yeah. versus what can I do with my current business now to change the structure of it, uh, to make it work for me again. And so I think that's where we start to think we want to do something different maybe, but you know, Regina and I were talking about sometimes things seem sexy and exciting. Mm -hmm. Like we see on social media, like, Ooh, I want to get into that. Or, Ooh, I want to do that. Or I want to become a coach too, or whatever it might be that you're thinking of right now. But you know, often when you can get the one thing down, that's going to be the most income producing and put that on repeat then you can lean into the next thing. There's this girl I follow on TikTok who I'm, I'm obsessed with. I can't remember her last name. Her first name is Michaela. She's one of the biggest makeup artists on TikTok. Like I want to say she has like 15 million followers. Wow. She's a 24 year old from Boston. She's got this like awesome gritty accent. And she did a day in the life as a content creator on TikTok. She gets her day in the life is she gets up in the morning. She has breakfast. She has her coffee. She is in full content creation mode from about nine o'clock in the morning until about six o'clock at night. She produces five plus TikToks a day. She does makeup tutorials every day. She gets stuff sent from brands that she has to review. Anything she's not using, she's donating or giving away as gifts. Her day her day-to-day life is a nine to five, nine to six. And then she shuts off at 6 PM, spends time with her fiance, does normal things, goes to bed, starts the next day. She is so successful on TikTok because she spends 40 plus hours a week working. I bet that feels real sexy. Yeah. Not (laughs) when you see her day in the life, it's like, oh, wow. You are not a girl who's working three hours a day, making videos. You are a girl who is working eight plus hours a day. And like, there's awesome perks. Like she's a makeup artist. She loves makeup. Now that she's so big, she's going on these like celebrity brand trips. Uh, But she has horrible anxiety and hates traveling and Mm. has panic attacks on planes. Oh, fuck. So like, it seems really sexy, but the people who are doing it. And I also always think of people like JLo or I think of Beyonce. Like, yeah, like they are sexy women with sexy seeming lives. 
those women are up at four o'clock in the morning on their treadmills with their trainers and they are going until late at night. Yeah. Most six days a week, a hundred percent. And let's just make note that neither of them need to work anymore. So going back to that emotional connection piece of your, why, why is it important for you to create the thing or do the thing? Or, you know, the girl I was speaking to this morning, she's like a perfect reference. I'm so glad we got to do this episode today based off of what she was saying. She was like, I just want to spend more time with my family. And I think in the industry of hair, we have created this make-believe schedule that we have to be available in the evenings and on the weekends. Like we've done that to ourselves because we are so accommodating. We want to say yes to clients. And it comes from that scarcity mindset of, if I don't take the evening client. They're going to go somewhere else. Cause that's mm. the only time they can come in. And so we've, we've created that. And, you know, Brit Siva is one of the branding mentors for the hair world. And she, she talked a lot about creating your dream schedule. And that also goes hand in hand with a dream client. When I started, it was take whatever you could get work, say yes to everything. I worked nine to nine. And I thought that the other day when I left the salon, I said, if I honestly put from eight 30 to eight into my online business that I'm creating, what the fuck could I actually do to move the needle? Because right now, to be totally honest, in the last three and a half years, I fit it in pockets of time. I have created full days to create content. And honestly, that is no joke. Like producing this three episodes a week for the podcast is super time consuming because it's not just hit record and put out a video and call it a day. Like there's research behind what we want to talk about. There's the show notes, there's the editing, there's so much to it. Uh, so it's, it is no joke, but if you're excited and dedicated about something, then you will do it. If you're only excited about it, you're not going to do it. And you have to like, get rid of the belief that you're going to work less. You just like, you have to get rid of it. I had a couple that I was mentoring. So because I own an agency, I will coach agency owners on how to create grow and scale agencies at the beginning. And we were talking about their income goals and their goals and their why behind the agency. And the husband was like, I want to work less. Like I want to be able to golf and I want to be able to do this. And I was like, do you really want a million dollar agency? And he was like, yes. I said, are you sure you want a million dollar agency? And he said, yes. I said, you have to let go of that belief that you're going to be checking out at noon on a Thursday to go golf. Like if you want a million dollar agency, the next five years of your life are going to be working full, full time. I have had my agency for two years and the first year and a half, I never stopped working 24, right? 24 seven. And I just now am able to see light at the end of the tunnel because I have worked so hard. But at the end of the day, I'm the boss. If shit hits the fan and Jess knows I've been out with her when things have happened with clients, I have to take care of it. It's mm-hmm. my business at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Yeah. And so it's no, and, and also as an owner of a business, like it's my fault. It's not the team's fault. It is my fault if things go wrong. Right. So I have to fix it. So if you're holding on to a belief that you want to be a business owner or like you've been sold that like that like sleazy network marketing thing about like time freedom, <laughs> like you're in the wrong world. Like you have to do something different. Yeah. And, and this isn't a podcast to make you feel like if you have dreams, just fuck it, go get a corporate job. By all no. means, we're not saying that. But the real real is like, you're not going to feel rich while you're getting rich. No. You're going to feel broke as fuck if you're doing it right, because you're not going to get rich acting like you're rich. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a place now where you're making just enough money to get by, but you have a few extra hours a week that you could spend on your side hustle business that you want to grow, that's that's a time investment right there. Then time is money. Because if you have an hourly job or you have somewhere where like, let's say I can go do one more haircut every day, that hundred dollars an hour that adds up. 
But if I could be investing in building a team and hiring someone like Regina to run my social media for me so I can get a little bit more of my time back to what spend with my family, Mm -hmm. make more money in my not sexy job anymore, whatever that looks like, you can diversify how you create and grow the business. That's the only reason my podcast has been as successful as it is so far is because I have help. Um, And I've dedicated to the things that I'm okay with not mastering. Like I don't need to know how to edit. I don't need to know how to do the show notes properly. I can, I can edit it once it's done and take a peek at it and make sure it looks right. But when it comes to the creation of that stuff, I had to give up control because I am a creative, like, and I want to make sure like I have my hand in everything, but I've realized that there are people who can do shit better than me. Totally and more efficiently than me. And they actually love doing it. So why would I not give them permission to have that job? Like my tech integrator, like she can make a sales page in five minutes. I mean, Regina is also a prime example of this because a lot of you could be superstars like her and be like, well, I can do that too. I can do all the things. Like we literally, I literally had my, all the things shirt this morning. I wore it on the bike ride. (laughs) We, we call her that. And that's the name of her podcast. Um, But at the end of the day, she's realized there's other people who can do things while she does things that are more income producing or joy producing. Like, like we like to say in this world, um, just because you can do it all doesn't mean you should. And you're never going to grow if you're trying to do everything on your own. No. And like, I have done everything on my own in my business. I know how to do everything in my business. I can do any of it. It's not the right things for me to put my time and energy into. I hire people to do the things that need to get done in the business now. And I try to focus on the things that bring me the most joy or that, and, or that are in my zone of excellence. Like there are certain things I can do in my business that nobody else can do as good as I can. Right. And that's what I try to put my time and energy into at this point. Um, Because the difference is, is that I don't think you get time freedom as an entrepreneur. That's not a thing. Um, But you do get to pick where you spend your time and how you spend your time in the business. So like I find joy in things and it's sometimes confusing to people because I work so much, but like I find joy in the fact that I get to sit in beautiful coffee shops and work and work with my friends. I find joy that like, I am going to get my hair extensions done today at one o'clock and I'll sit in the chair and get my hair look great and I'll get worked in for an hour. Seriously. So that's the stuff that gives me joy because when I was in corporate, I had to be in an office or be in a courtroom from nine to five or nine to seven or nine to nine, right? Mm-hmm. And so I find joy in other things. I find joy in the fact that like I can go to the saloon with my friends. And even if I'm sitting on the beach for three hours on my laptop, I'm in a bikini on the beach in Tulum making money. Yeah. My life is fucking perfect. That's the things that give me joy. Um, And I say the thing about time freedom because I really bought into that belief when I started a business. I really thought that like I could build a business and make a lot of money and work a lot less. And it's, it hasn't been true for me. And any of my mentors, like our mentors, Chris and Lori, like they work every day from 10 or 11 to 7 PM and they make so much money, but like they still do that. And they have a whole team that works with them. Yeah. And they still show up and say yes to things like Chris was on the podcast. He was my hundredth episode. That episode was so good. Wasn't it I good? just listened to it the other day on my walk. It was so good. Yeah. If you guys haven't listened to episode 100 with our mentor, Chris Harder, he is who started the mastermind where we met. We give him all the kudos. Um, we are now still a part of Fast Foundations in our own way, supporting the two new owners that have taken over, Jim and RT. Um, but, you know, he still creates time to give back to people who have invested in him. And yeah. so it's like, that brings him joy. You can see it's literally brings him joy. Like he seemed so happy to be on that episode and give me his hour of time where we know an hour of his time is 
probably worth $5,000 minimum. 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 So it's like, he's figured out a way to make enough money showing up the way he is, but like, it's not been for nothing. And he's got a a ton of great episodes on, you know, not feeling rich while you're getting rich. I stole that term kind of from him and I'm sure he stole it from somebody else, but you know, this is more the idea of giving you location freedom. That's, that was the driver for me. Because if you're in our industry, if you don't show up to, to do the haircut, you don't make the money. If you don't book the client and, and do the makeup, you don't make the money. And for me, that served its purpose for a really long time until I had Kai. And then once I became a mom, I was like my client from this morning, I want to pick you up from school at 2.30 and I don't want to have to go back to work. I want to be able to go to your soccer games whenever they might be eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday instead of going to do a wedding. So it was like, first of all, I had to figure out how do I replace this income mm-hmm. first and foremost? So that's where my mind went. And then it was like, what else am I good at? And so I started to chip away before it was like creating this dream dream. It was like, what else could I do? It was really just a like trade one for the other. And so if you're in a place where you're seeking something different, or you're knowing that that you're in the same boat as me, where you don't want to have to trade time for money forever. um, It's really about the location, right? Because I could go be a hairdresser anywhere. You have to start over, but you're still going to be trading time for money. And I was on a 7 a.m. coaching call this morning, but I was in my pajamas drinking coffee. We're sitting on the floor at the house, like doing a podcast right now. Um, and I had to wrap my head around doing things like creating content that didn't, I'm like, what's the ROI on this? Cause I'm always used to doing the thing, getting paid. Mm-hmm. Whereas a podcast is not like that. No sales calls are not like that. Social media is not like that. No. I mean, there's not an immediate return on it's investment a, it's for a long your game. Game. it's a long game it's all a long game everything mm-hmm. and I always say to people like you have to I learned this from Ed Milet he talks about 30 60 90 days love him the f I love him so much I can't wait to till I meet him yeah and I also can't wait till I'm on his private jet awesome like I'm gonna be on Ed's private jet mark my words <laughs> I'm so serious and like talk business with him for hours. Wait, did you hear the episode with him and Jenna Kutcher? Yeah. So good. So Side good. note, go listen to the episode with Jenna Kutcher and Ed Milet. Like then you'll know why we love both of them. Oh my gosh. So they're both so amazing. Um, so he talks about 30, 60, 90 days, like the efforts and the things that we put in on a daily consistent basis. We don't see the fruits of it for 30, 60, 90 days, whether it's in your body and your health, if it's in your business, if it's in your relationships. And so I always tell clients like, if you do the things I'm telling you to do and you track them, I'm really big on like the not, I'm big on non-negotiable trackers. So I make my clients like the 10 daily non-negotiables. There's a checklist and you have See, to go through. This is why we're friends. I'm a Pisces flighty projector <laughs> and she, she is a Virgo and you're, you're a manifest generator, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, duh. Um, and I, it's funny because I have, I, manifesting generators need projectors in their life. If you don't know anything about human design, hold on. I'm taking a course. I'll do your reading eventually. But if you need more information, just DM me on that because it really helps explain like why you are the way you are yes, and how you can optimize yourself as a human and why somebody like me in particular would need somebody like her as a mentor, friend, best, all the things, because I need someone to hold me accountable and set those 10 daily non-negotiables up. So sorry to interrupt you. So you give your clients. So I give them the, I give them a checklist and an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) I even open an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) And then they have to track what they do. And so then if they're complaining in a month, I'm like, I open the spreadsheet and I'm like, well, did you do your daily non-negotiables? There are 10 things. And it's 10 things that literally will take you an hour a day. 
are those 10 things like a flat non-negotiable for all of your clients or is it like specific to them? Pretty much almost all of them. It's the same stuff. Okay. Can we put that in a PDF that can be downloaded I, from this episode? Yeah, I already have it. Okay. We're going to put that in the show notes so you can get the ta- 10 daily non-negotiables. And if you keep coming up with excuses for why your thing isn't popping off, you go back to the checklist and say, did I do these things? Did I do these things? And if you did do these things and you're having forward progress and movement, we want to hear from you in 30, 60 or 90 days. Exactly. And so I make them look at that checklist and I'm like, well, have you done these things? I'm like, well, I don't know. I haven't looked at the checklist. I'm like, you can print it off and like write on it. Like you don't have to keep it on your computer. You can tattoo it to your forehead and look at it every morning when you get up. But like, I am a firm believer in these simple daily non-negotiable tasks that if you do them every day for 30, 60, 90 days, you can't help but be successful. I tell clients that all the time. If you are consistent with the non-sexy daily non-negotiables, you do them every day, you can't help but be successful. And I say that because I've seen it with my clients and I've done it myself. I grew a business and a brand from literally nothing. I had an Instagram following of like a hundred people when I started my business. Like, and I've just done, I do the things that I don't necessarily feel like doing all the time. And like case in point, I started a breathwork business six months ago. Everybody knows I do breathwork now, like because I've been consistent and I've showed up and I've done my daily non-negotiables. Yeah. You even got on TikTok, which I was like, I'm never getting, I haven't still yet to be on TikTok, but you know, I'm older and it takes me a little longer to mm-hmm. grasp onto the things that we have to do in order to be successful or to keep up. I mean, at this point, like that's the non-sexy part about it. It's like, some people are like, I'm so adverse to like Instagram and I don't want to X, Y, Z. And I'm like, first of all, figure out who your target audience is. Where are they consuming content? Is it even on Instagram? Maybe you've got a different business that's you know, more traffic totally. driven through Facebook. Find that. Maybe your people like email. Maybe your people like text. Maybe your people only like in person. You can figure out how they consume content if you figure out who they are. Yeah. And then having a mentor or a coach can help direct you on how to speak to them and, and get more eyes on your business. But I think going back to your client who wanted the million dollar agency that kind of stuck out from earlier. How many times do you come across a client that says they want something? They've just picked this arbitrary number or this arbitrary goal or business, and they've settled into it because they think that's the thing or the number that they should get to. People always pick this like arbitrary number. And for some reason, a million dollars like seems to be the number, Yeah, which is really interesting. Well, I think if you already had some success in your life, you've probably already hit the quote six figures, which everyone deems is like $100,000, which very well six figures is could be $999,000 also. So, so just keep that in mind. So I'm, it is, it's funny how people stick to the million, but mm-hmm. I'll tell a story back when we started fast foundations. Um, Chris had us do the, like the exercise where we, the stupid idea type where mm-hmm. we, we picked a number and because I'd already made over my $100,000, I think at the time I was making like 150 a year. And that was, that's a good, pretty good income for a hairdresser in my mind at the time. Yeah. So it was a couple of years ago and he had us write down a number and I was like, well, I better make it a really big number. And so I wrote down $5 million. Well, I knew going into that mastermind that I didn't have anything yet to grow or scale. So even making $1 in sales would have felt really awesome, Yeah. but no one like presented it to me like that. No harm with Chris. Like it was just an exercise that probably worked for people at a higher level, but because I wasn't quite where I should have been to even be in that mastermind, I kind of just scooted my way in there. Um, I wrote down this number. And so anything from where I was making at 150 to the 5 million number in my head, never seemed like enough. 
So mm-hmm. like making a couple thousand dollars in my coaching business, I was like, oh, almost feels like a waste because it just feels like a lateral move. Right. And I didn't give myself any kudos or credit to start to like 10 X what was working with the coaching stuff. I just kept comparing it to like this lateral thing of like, well, I'm only making the same amount of money rather than celebrating that I've been able to replace something. And I have now a choice that I could let go of the hair and go all in on the coaching because I can show that I can make the money. But I kept, again, I got stuck on the 5 million rather than what if I just tried to make a hundred thousand over here? Yeah. That alone would have been a success. Well, and I even think like for people who are into like manifestation, like we want to, people are like, I want to manifest more money. I want to call more money into my life. And so the way that we do that is we have to create channel channels and avenues for the abundance to flow. We also have to deal with the fact that we're humans and we have brains, right? And so like, if you're making $150,000 a year and your goal is $5 million a year, the jump is so great that it's often just overwhelming. And then you like discount the fact that like, you've done these other things. Like I've replaced, you know, $4,000 a month of salon money with coaching money. Right. And so we actually, it's, it's great to have a big picture goal, you know, like right now my big picture goal is million dollar agency within the year. And so that's my big picture goal, but that's actually not my daily focal point. My daily focal point is $50,000 months in the business. And that's what I'm focusing on. And my brain can actually look at the number 50,000 a month, reverse engineer it in my businesses and see, okay, so tangibly, I need this many people in the membership. I need this many, this, I need this many new clients. I need to, you know, keep this many people in each of the programs I'm creating. And then that allows me to not be overwhelmed. It allows me like, okay, like if the number is X amount of people in the membership, like it gives me like tangible goals to work towards that don't overwhelm me and allow me to feel defeated all the time. Yeah. That is huge. And that's such a golden nugget because once I, once I reframed, I'm like, what do I need $5 million a year for? Like I'm now living my dream life now, which is to be location free and to still be able to help people and make money. And that's what I'm doing. And so once I realized I was already living the goal, the number is irrelevant at this Mm -hmm. point. Like, and, and from that point forward, the channels opened and more abundance and more coaching and more things have started yeah. to come into play. And it's given me permission to release doing hair behind the chair, which I finally made the announcement to my clients that I'm retiring end of August, which feels like a little bit of a grieving. That's like who I am. And I've defined myself as a hairdresser. I'll always be, but for 22 years, like it's also that mindset around calling yourself something different and leaning into the newness of being new at something again too. Cause that doesn't always feel good. It feels scary and mm-hmm. it can be frustrating and slightly lonely. And that's why having people around you to support you getting into communities that other people are doing those same things, having these same conversations, you listening to this podcast right now, um, shows that you're, you have some sort of growth mentality and then that, that, you know, that you want some more in your life, whatever that more is. Um, but well, breaking it down into those tangible goals. Well, and also for you, you may just made a comment. You were like, you know, I've created more channels for abundance to flow into. You've created more channels and you've stuck to like a couple things. So you've been like, I'm going to coach. I'm going to start a membership. I'm going to keep going all in on the podcast. So you have very clear avenues with very clear calls to action to your customer to be like, this is how you work with me. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's also flowing in because you're very clear on what you're doing. And when I wasn't clear, uh, I got no traction. I was getting no engagement on social media because I was very confusing in my messaging and I wasn't very, you know, 
I, I didn't quite know how I wanted to serve and in what capacity, because I was so inundated with still doing hair and like the overwhelmingness of picking something mm-hmm. and sticking to it. Um, and I was telling her before, it was like the fear of almost the success that came with it because with success comes more hard work uh-huh. in order to, it's not just eat the salad, get skinny. Like that's why we love Ed Milet and rever- referring things to fitness is one cheeseburger is also not going to make you fat. One uh-huh. cardio session is not going to drop five pounds. So it's like one post on social media isn't going to go viral necessarily. And right. you, if it does, you don't even want it to, because you won't know how to replicate that type of success. You need to know what you did in order to get where you are. And so I think being able to find out what works in your business, find out how you like to work, Lori and Chris, right? We refer to Lori and Chris working 10 to seven, right? I like to work 6 a.m. to like one. I'm a morning person. Don't talk to me after in the afternoon. Like I, my, my best hours are in the morning. So once I figured out the things that were working and I decided on those three things, right? The podcast, the membership and the coaching, it, it got so much clearer for me to show up confidently to do those 10 things on the checklist and adjust do it without like thinking if I wanted to, or if I felt like it, like the dedication is real to the growth of the podcast, to me being able to help more people understand business foundations and building a brand period. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, another thing too, I was thinking about the income about big income goals. Um, I think that it's great to have the big income goal, like the $5 million goal, but I think you should look at what your current income is and then double it. So say, say you're currently making $50,000 in your current business or what you're doing, I would make your first income goal be a hundred. Then once you hit a hundred, make it 200. Then once you hit two, you know, like double it, double it. That's kind of how I've done it because you're like, okay, like I know how to make $50,000. Can I do more of what I did to get to 50, to get to a hundred. Right. And then you get to a hundred and you're like, can I double this doing what I'm doing? Oh, wait, this actually requires too much of my time as say you're a hairstylist. This requires too much of my time as a hairstylist. How can I double this income, but not double the amount of time? Cause I'm actually working 40 hours at this point. What else can I do? How can I streamline? What can I add in? What can I take away? And it makes it much more tangible because once we hit a goal, we're like, Oh, that's, I can do 200,000. I know how to do that. How can I do what I did to get to 200, to get to four? Hmm. I love that. And I think, again, when it comes to trading time for money in, in a service-based business like hair, we often think we're only capable of doing one thing. But if you really peel back the curtains of like, what got you successful making that hundred K behind the chair, what do people, that's where we start to dive into personal branding and like what else you could be known for yeah. and how to diversify your expertise and turn that into other channels of profit. Um, and that's, again, that's what the membership for uh, being inspired as beauty membership is going to be all about introducing you to ways of building your personal brand so that you can then 10x your business and grow your empire and do whatever the big things are that you want to do. Uh, I wish somebody would have provided me with this information when I was younger. So I could have started to focus on building a personal brand 15 years ago. But again, we know what we know now and we, we don't know what we don't know. And so it's like being more open to getting help and being resourceful. That's one of the things that I admire most about you is like, you just figure shit out. I want to do this. I'm going to spend the day figuring out how to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spend the day talking shit about how I can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. I have, I, everything is figure outable. Yes. Like Forleo. Yeah. Literally everything is figure outable. Um, I said to somebody the other day, I (laughs) I have this belief and I wish I knew where this belief came from because it serves me most of the time share it, share it. <laughs> but I have a belief that I can do anything I truly I'm not just saying 
really truly believe that. I think it's because when I went to law school, I really didn't think I was that smart. And like, I came from a family where like, you know, like nobody was a doctor. None of my sisters went to college. Like I'm not from an educated family. And I went to law school on an L, on a whim because I was like, if Elle Woods could go to Harvard, I could go to Rutgers. <laughs> and I literally, I literally said that and I actually meant it. I'm not joking, and, which says a lot about me as a human. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I think going to law school, like that was something that like really smart people did. And I was like, oh, and then like I overcame that hurdle. And then I studied for the bar exam and like most people have to take the bar exam a few times. And the summer of the bar exam, I was like, I'm taking this once. I'm never taking this again. I studied 15 hours a day. I did every piece of course material. I was like, I'm never taking this bitch again because I'm not good at standardized testing. I'm actually really performed really poorly as a kid. And I passed the bar in two states. And that like overcoming really hard things has given me the belief that I can do anything mm. and I can figure out anything. And so- I think even like borrowing, like the way that I've done it, like if there's really hard things that you think are really hard and that you can't do, like, oh, if you can overcome those things, I think you can gain a belief that you can do anything. Right. And so that's why I figure I'll figure anything out. Totally. And, and we have another mentor who spoke in our groups a couple of times. Her name is Jen Gottlieb her and her husband run oh, yeah. um, a program called Be Seen Online, uh, talking about ways that you can get PR and kind of get yourself out there. And she talks all the time about borrowing belief. And if you need to borrow it from somebody else that you can see what's possible, you know, we see all these hairdressers that are, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers and they're doing online education and they're making 20, 30, $50,000 a month with online private education pages on Instagram. It's like mind blowing the possibilities that are out there. And I guarantee you, any of those people are probably still accessible enough to you right now that if you had a question or you had a concern or you were interested in doing what they were doing, that they would spend some time and, and give you that information that you need or direct you to a way that you can get that. But the best way to get into people's circles, like you guys know that Sarai Spear is now one of the Monday uh, or is my Monday co-host on the podcast. And the way I got into her world was I signed up for her blonding crew education, which is her um, private Instagram page that it's $25 a month. And I got in her world and I started like engaging with her content. I started showing up, adding whatever value I felt like I could and sharing her shit, talking about her things, and then invited her to be on the podcast. And then we ended up connecting. She had me on one of her IGTV lives and that's where like the, the natural organic magic can happen with people when you put yourself in, in their bird's eye view. Like she would have never seen me or met me otherwise. She lives in Kansas City. So the fact that we've taken our relationship from just a, a, an online thing mm -hmm. to now we're full-blown, you know, online besties and she's part of the podcast and I'm part of her education team now, like anything is possible yeah. for you. And she, I'm giving her credit too, to helping me, you know, start the membership with the personal branding and the coaching and all that. So it's like, where there's a will, there's a way. If you need to borrow the belief, like mm -hmm. lean into us talking to you today and, and know that both of us started without any of this online business just a couple of years ago. And we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. No, nope. we literally had no idea what we were doing and we have just figured it out over the past couple of years. And if these two can figure it out, she's talking about us. <laughs> like if we can figure it out, like my friends laugh that I have a social media agency because like I just recently got an iPhone with a button and I sometimes struggle to turn it on and off. Like that's real. Yeah. And I've just figured it out. And I'd like to imagine that you don't feel like running a social media agency is very sexy. 
there's nothing sexy about it. No, no. It's just an, a necessary thing in the world of business and branding online that you happen to see a need for. You were like, I'm actually pretty good at that. I can help that one person and then I can help the other person. And then someone else liked the way that you were doing it. It's very much a referral based business, like what we do within the totally. beauty industry. And it's like, you get a couple diehard clients that believe in you. And even Doc Jock, like you're one of your top paying clients. So you're not even charging enough. I was paying this much over here. You need to raise your prices. Mm -hmm. It's like, then you get people who believe in you, like mm -hmm. we were just talking about before you even have the full belief that you can run something like a multi-million dollar social media agency. And before you know it, you're like on the trajectory to hit a half a million and it's only been two years. Mm -hmm. So again, like she said, anything's fucking possible. Um, so if you guys have questions or if you, if you need anything from us, our DMS are always open. Yes. Uh, if we don't know the answer. We will refer you to the person that does. We'd like to consider ourselves master networkers, connect connectors. Um, yeah. but download the 10 things, the non-negotiables that you need to be doing in your business. I'm sure they're applicable to wherever you're at in your life or business, whether it's an old business, a new business, one that you want to pick back up and get some speed going on. Um, you know where to find me. Uh, Reg, tell them where they could find you and come hang out. I know this is going on your podcast too. So yeah, at Regina A. Lawrence on Instagram and then on TikTok, because I'm newly obsessed with TikTok. It's Regina.Lawrence. Amazing. Any final parting words? No. Google University. Google. Your best friend. <laughs> or fucking ask the questions. No yeah. questions, stupid. Like they, that question will lead you to the next right question. Um, and just keep asking those questions to get the answers that you need. Sending you so much love. We'll see you on the next one. Bye guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could share it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to more people. So until next time, be you unapologetically. We're